0: Hold on, give me one second. I'm going to hit record. What do we
1: want to call this? See? Um, I would say the hidden pandemic, loneliness. Cool. Or the quiet pandemic, loneliness. Well, let's go with the hidden
0: pandemic.
1: Okay, great. We're good. Yeah. That- Get fired up, Vin <clears throat> Desh. We're we're ready to go. Get fired Action. up. Action. Woo, 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 woo. Hey, can't,
0: can't hear anything you're saying. Action. Oh, he was covering on the mic. All right. Welcome everyone to Conversations with Z and Vin and today we're covering the hidden pandemic. So everyone knows about the COVID pandemic, which has been raging for four months, which has kept us inside. It's shut down society, it's shut down jobs, turned our world upside down. Although, as we've talked about, there have been some benefits from this time. But there are a lot of second-order effects, and one of them is loneliness. So loneliness is what we're referring to as a hidden pandemic. And in fact, this predates the actual COVID pandemic. It's a condition where people, for whatever reason, are finding it harder and harder to connect with other people and it could be friendships, it could be intimate relationships, or it could be that you're already in an intimate relationship, but you just lost the ability to find common ground with your partner. And Z, as we were talking about this earlier, this is so fundamental. You gave some science to back this up about the importance of touch, and how when you look at infants, infants thrive with touch, so they need touch and they need connection. And when they don't get that, they just fall into this listless state and they don't develop properly, they don't have the right emotional responses, the right reflexes. So it's very fundamental to us as human beings. I think about my own life and so much of the passion that we have inside and the creativity and the ideas and the experiences, this is all stuff that you wanna share with someone else. I remember I was working on my own for a while and I left corporate America to start my own business It was tough. I was doing this on my own. I had a couple of investors, but all of the work was on my own. And there were some days, man, where I felt like it didn't matter what I was doing. I felt like there was that movie, uh, the Russell Crowe movie, where he's this crazy mathematician and he's doing what he thinks is incredibly important work, but he's also going insane. So he starts seeing patterns in everything. And I got to a point where I felt like that, that nothing I did had any relevance that I could be doing things that were incredibly interesting. I could be doing things that were utterly useless and just figments of my imagination. And no one would know the difference because I wasn't connecting, I wasn't taking that work outside, I wasn't sharing it, I wasn't using it to improve people's lives in some way. And then if you move from there and you think about relationships, I see this with a lot of the couples that are together. It's almost like people are in their own little bubbles. So yes, you do have, ostensibly, a relationship. Maybe you live in the same unit, the same domicile, but the mental barriers to interaction are so much that it's as though you're living apart. You could be sitting a foot away on a couch and you might as well be on other sides of the country because you're on your cell phone. You're looking at texts, you're Googling things and tracking down random facts that you don't really need to know at that moment in time. And worse than that, you've got your own life, your worries, your anxieties, you're wrapped up in that. And when these start to take over, we revert to more of a primal state. So it makes it harder to connect with other people because we're more focused on just our own survival and the whole cinema of the mind that we're playing over and over. So even with couples and relationships that you would think have some healthy exchange of energy and intimacy, a lot of times you don't find that. You kind of find people who are just dying on the vine, and they're cohabiting, uh, but they're slowly dying because they're leading separate lives and they're not nurturing one another uh, to make the unit better and stronger. So this is something, as we were talking about, I think it's been going on for a while. Uh, We talked a bit about the rise of dating shows and the morbid curiosity of things like the Indian matchmaking show, or love at first sight. If you go back 15, 20 years, there there have been plenty of dating shows, but maybe the frequency has increased because the problem has become more significant. And certainly since the pandemic, it's become tougher and tougher to have that social interaction. So whatever interaction people had, you have some basic interaction just from going to work. Even if you don't like the people that you work with, it's something. You go there, you're forced to smile, you're forced to ask about someone's day to talk about what projects they're working on. And then maybe that interaction leads to something more profound and you feel some connection. But suddenly you take that away, you've got people working at home, working by themselves, and they're just in their own world. And I almost feel like at a point C we need other people to anchor us so that we don't get too wired in our own insanity. It's almost as though if we don't have that connection, there's nothing to ground us. And the mind and the emotions can just completely spin out of control. And in fact, I see this in my own life. So with the setup we have right now, I'm working at home, and part of the time my kids are with me, part of the time they're with their grandparents, and frankly, the days they're with their grandparents, I feel like I'm struggling. I mean, I need some social interaction. I need some outlet. Otherwise, I just go
1: crazy. And it becomes very obvious
0: in these circumstances why we need that connection and why we need to make an effort to cultivate those relationships. But as we always talk about, we talk about problems and solutions. Before we can cultivate relationships, we need to know how to do that. What are the skills that we have to bring to the table so we can open ourselves up to someone else? We can foster uh, some common ground and we don't end up stalking people and acting like complete lunatics and turning them off. So we need to navigate uh, this whole social architecture that we're a part of
1: and perhaps because We're a society that spends more and more time online, less and less time face-to-face. We've lost some of those skills. And Z, you promised me something at the beginning. You said you had a solution for me that's gonna blow my mind that you weren't gonna reveal. So, man, uh, lay it on me. I am anxiously awaiting the wisdom of Z to help us all think through this problem. But maybe before we get to the solution, talk a bit about why this has become such a problem. Well then, We're going through an interesting season, and I'm going to use some uh, kind of philo- philosophical metrics, right? And the Vedic's idea and some of the more aboriginal cultures, we're in an interesting cycle of humanity <clears throat> where we're actually not evolving. So we're going through a period of transition where there's not really a lot of growth as human beings. We're in the twilight of the Kali Yoke, so to say, and we're in kind of a decline. So one of the omens of that decline is... How we really despise intelligence, and there are no statesmen anymore. There are no, there's no leadership anywhere that you look. Everybody is, is kind of very short-sighted. <clears throat> there's a lot of uh, toxic tribalism going on, and um, most people are governed and motivated by uh, uh, phantasma fear or, or ghost. So they hear something, they the anxiety has got you acting out something, not based on what you're going through, but based on things you heard. So these are omens of the era that we're in, right? And whatever your opinion of it is, if you just simply observe our behavior, as we say, using the Dispassion Observer tool, you'll see that something isn't right. Um, right around here, there's so many bi- expressions of bizarre behavior that it's normalized. With that being said, with our existing biology, failure to thrive is an actual condition that humans go through when they do not have the visceral loop of connection, of touch, or awareness and reinforcement of that awareness with others. So let's walk through that. Let's say that you're a military guy. When I was in the military, you would have guys that could endure horrific things. They could go through all manners of depravity, as long as they got that letter from home. So they would feel very isolated, disconnected from whatever reality they had, but that one thing would tether them to... A, the, 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 uh, an, el- uh, an element of themselves a part of who they were. My girl back home, my family back home. So mail call was a big deal, even though nothing changed. It, w- it was a reinforcement of connection. Then you would see the guys get the Dear John letters. You know, hey, I know you've been off in the war for a while, uh, and, and it's rough on you, but you don't know I'm here by myself, and there's a guy... Who works with me at the Quickie Martin and he understands everything I go to and he's right there, unlike you, who left me to go fight in some battle. He's always here and I'm having feelings for him. Right? Then he gets the next Dear John letter, "Um, don't write me anymore. I'm moving off with Jody or whatever. And the guy just loses it. He loses the desire to live. He loses the presence of mind. Connection is very powerful. I talked to you about during in Eastern European Europe during the reign of Nikolai Ceausescu, how they didn't take care of any of the kids in the orphanages. So you had kids that were five, six, seven, eight years old that looked like they were newborn infants. It's called failure to thrive. So what we're witnessing in our society with the immaturity of, of, of intellect, right? It seems like people develop slower. Uh, it seems like some people are getting dementia sooner, uh, or they live in, in a borderline dementia state. It's hard to process information. It's hard to keep a steady direction. That is failure to thrive. And when you deal with the amount of isolation, disconnect, you have two phenomena that affect us. One is loneliness, and the other is aloneness. And they're similar, yet very different. Loneliness is simply nowhere to grasp or connect. Aloneness represents where there is no identifiable understanding. So you could be around a lot of people and you won't be alone but you will feel aloneness. You move away, let's say you move from one locale to another, you move back home with your parents, you've been away for twenty years, you go back to your old hometown, no one's changed, and you realize there's no one who really understands me, no one to talk to. I'm surrounded by these people, I'm saying hello, hi, we're, we're having small talk, but there's no depth to it, there's no real understanding. You, 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 you find yourself uh, flowing into a, a pit of depression because even though you're surrounded by people, you feel very alone, even to the point where you actually feel claustrophobic and crowded by those people. And you say, you know what, i got to get out of here. People experience that every year on the holidays when they jump on the planes and they go see family members. They've been away for a long time and say, oh, I can't wait to go see old cousin Joe or whatever. And you get there and cousin Joe hasn't moved from that chair in that yard since you left 15 years ago. And you want to tell them about all the places you've been and, and the life you've developed and, 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 and the wife or husband that you married from an island in the Pacific. and You can't relate to them at all. So there's that is aloneness. That it represents more of a situational loneliness. Loneliness is where there's just no one around, uh, and definitely not connecting. So you're in your house all day, and you're blogging, and, and Insta-Twittering, and, and all these other kinds of things. Sun's gone down, you, you, you get a, a DoorDash delivery here and there, and you just haven't interacted with other human beings for now weeks and weeks. You hear these stories oftentimes of people, they go into the house, there's a wellness check, there's an odor coming from the place, and there's rotting pizza and a rotting body sitting at a keyboard playing whatever, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, whatever the people are playing, World of Warcraft or something, because they have no connection. So that loneliness became went from acute to critical, where they they no longer are with us anymore. They're no longer they're no longer with the human race anymore. They're lost in the blogosphere in the in the digital world and it isn't giving them that visceral loop so they fail to thrive So they don't even know when they're hungry or when they're sleepy they have no connection to that the just like those infants that had a failure to thrive. And then there's other complexities that go along with it is that we in, when it's in its more acute state, we start to adjust ourselves for fear of loneliness that only leads to loneliness. So, what I mean by that is that you stop communicating. So, you have a situation that's tenable, tolerable, moderately pleasant with your friends or partners. And you're very careful not to let issues arise for fear of losing that connection and going, and so you're on the borderline of aloneness but you don't want to go there and you definitely don't want to be lonely so you're you're, you're you're in the acute state of aloneness and on the border of loneliness because you're not around you're working all day um... You, you are caught up in whatever you're caught up with all day you're you're fulfilling whatever your duties are uh... you're spending eight twelve sixteen hours a day working and then here comes the person you uh, consider family members, or familiars, and there's no nurturing time to that. And you have a lot of things that are built up. So you want to share those, but the risk of being isolated, you choose not to. So then you shut down communication. You just, I'd rather not get into it. I'm going to really pick my battles. I don't want to lose this person. But what happens first, you lose yourself and then you lose connection to them. So you're just where you don't wanna be. I talk to people day in and day out who are uh, in different states of loneliness and aloneness. They're in different states of coupling or connecting. I know people who are very, very um, distant from their mom and dad, and it started early on. They feel that they have disappointed their parents or their parents have disappointed them. And sadly, the parents gave them the tools or non-tools to deal with the rest of the world. So they project onto people what was lacking in their parents, what was lacking in their familiar relationships. And no one can live up to that because the thing that is lacking is, is your fantasy of how a family should be. So you're trying to fulfill a fantasy that never existed so you don't have a reference to that so you're involved in online dating right and that's an interesting thing because you're swiping and clicking or I'm not an expert at that I have to ask Caitlin about that so what do you do you're clicking up and down swiping left and right there's something you're always doing okay so you're doing that and you're looking at a face and you're looking at a paragraph hey I'm Joe and, and I, I like puppies right and Joe is cute and then she swipes Joe and he looks and he says well uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like your hairdo, so I'm going to sweep. You're, you're not except Then she falls into deep, deep depression, and she's doing it right now, and you can hear the thing going back and forth. And so there's no connection, and it just reinforces this sense of not only now isolation, but now it's as if in this world of eight billion, there's nobody else in the world but me. You're the omega man or the omega woman, the last woman or man on earth. And you're just walking around talking to mannequins. Remember the old movie Omega Man, he's so lonely. He was dancing with mannequins. And people are really doing that because they've sold out of sex dolls. So they've actually we've gotten to that point. The old movie Omega Man, it's real. It's actually real. The sex doll company has sell, sold out of sex dolls. People actually find that a satisfying relationship. That is failure to thrive. That is the definition of failure to thrive to thrive in an adult where a doll is your companion. Now, before you think this is absurd, this has become common. So they have a bunch of these different dating sites and nobody goes out. For one, there's the Kofifi. you can't go out anymore. But even prior to that, the basic skills, again, think about this failure to thrive. You don't have basic social skills. The most primal thing, a dog walks up to another dog and sniffs its ass and greets it. Human beings give each other the up and down. We look each other up and down. Guys, we're always checking out the women's private parts. We don't even know we're doing it. That's just natural. Women are checking out the guy. They're assessing him up. Can he take care of me? Can he handle me? Boom, boom, boom. Even if you don't plan on doing it. These are very primal things. When you have failure to thrive, all that stuff is gone. All those skills of communicating interacting are gone. Completely gone. People don't know how to hold hands, man. Sometimes just shake someone's hand and feel
0: the well, lifelessness. Huh? Let, let me interrupt you for a second. Because you talk about the primal skills like checking someone out. In this day and age, how does it work? In the Me Too area, if you start staring at some
1: woman, looking at her up and down, what that do, right? so look! Please, look! 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 Vin, you don't have to. You don't have to stare. You know how to do the snapshot. We all know how to do the snapshot. You scan them. It takes a nanosecond. They don't know if you were looking at them or looking at the clock on the wall. Boop! Boop! You figured it out. You You can even see her naked in your mind. You know how that works. Come on. You don't have to stare near Now, failure to thrive. You're staring, leering and drooling at someone. That's failure to thrive. Because it's now it's become, she's able to track you, see that's kind of creepy and offensive, and then build a whole narrative from there and you're not aware of that. Part of failure to thrive is lack of sensitivity, lack of compassion, lack of empathy, right? That's part of failure to thrive. All those faculties have gone limp, inert. That's failure to thrive. Look, you and I both know we can get away with things most people can't get away. Why? Because we do it, we, we, we feed off of each other, we read the person, we offer courtesy, we giggle, we laugh, and then if we do something creepy and weird, it's taken as, as, a, as a joke or something, or we can apologize. So that's because we do not have failure to thrive. Okay? So <clears throat> a lot of this stuff, as you people listen know, that people just don't know how to interact with other human beings. You've been isolated. And again, you, got, you brought up a good point. You're hearing all these rules from the Faceless Committee on how people should interact. So now we have datagram and, and swipe left, swipe right, and uh, robot sex. So failure to thrive is a big deal. It's, it's a big disease right now. Even people's erotic fetishes and thoughts have less and less to do with other human beings. There's even a style of porno now that is cartoons, that is just as popular as people going somewhere and shooting a movie. They actually have cartoons and and video games that have no humans in them, that people find erotic. The god Eros, if you look at the Greek god, the god of love, Eros, right? That's where the word comes from. There is no love anymore because now you're you're tying primitive mechanisms into some extra ethereal idea that doesn't exist anywhere, right? The half goat part dolphin lover thing that's on the internet in a video game and people find that attractive. That is failure to thrive. Why is that? So if eroticism is... The God of love. If the Kama Sutra is the instructions or the sutras on human intimacy. then we're talking about human intimacy. That connects to being loved, being cared for, um, being attracted to someone, having adoration, both physical, mental, emotional adoration for someone that leads you to being open hearted, Open bodied and wanting to caress and hold and sleep next to and so forth. Okay, so you eliminate that, then what do you have? Your failure to thrive, you're not connecting at, at all. Then you talked about people who sit across the room, but they might as well be 10,000 miles away. So they haven't, they are failing to thrive because they no longer have nurtured the very thing that brought them to the moment they're in. Why are you even under this roof with me if you don't have time for me, if I don't give you anything? We always say that we follow the Vedas, it says, all human relationships are are based on mutual benefit. What am I getting out of you if we have no connection, but we share the liability of a household? See, that's failure to thrive, because now you're irrational, You're disconnected. There is no reason to be there. I don't like you. I have to endure these. I'm going to go to my miserable job and stay as long as I come because the misery with you is even greater. And that misery started because we lost devotion. We lost basic elements of connection. We lost the nurturing. It dried up like uh, an old weed because people didn't nurture it. Why do you go to work every day? Why? Why do we go to work every day? So that you can afford a place to live, so you can have a cave for you and your beloved. That's the only reason you go to work. There's no satisfaction. Look, I get a lot out of working on people. I get a lot out of promoting Uh, our our Dharma Media and the Dharma Health Institute and doing what we can to mitigate suffering every day in and out people tell me thank you thank you it's it's great it feels good great the back I love it I love that I can do that but I don't love anything more than going home at night I don't love anything more than that when I see my children when my wife and I are in that nice stream it's like it's all good when I get to spend time with friends when you come out to California and we're just hanging out, we punch the bag a little bit, we tell bad jokes. I love seeing you. I love seeing you. I love hanging out with you. I love uh, when we, we yell at each other, when we smile at each other, I like to hear your progress and the things you're doing. That's called connection. that's what makes us human what 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 is the purpose of all this if we don't have that? I have other people that are part of our organization, oh my god um. I miss them so much. You know, Debbie was here for a while that she went and ran away to some kind of nunnery or something. And it was just good that the fire that she brought, the energy, the spirit, that you have uh, all the kids that come through and you can yell at them and hang out with. That's what makes us human. That's what makes the baby grow up. That's what thriving is, is feeling that. Take that away and you're diseased, dying, and rotting away and when you go to the most basic elements of of hanging out with somebody whatever your partnering agreement is i got to put that out cuz i'm not a moralist i'm not a, um, a a fundamentalist religious person so whatever works for people works for people that's where i look so if i say coupling but for you coupling means you know uh, polygamy or polyandry or whatever it is it's all good it's all good i'm just saying make sure you're enjoying it Make sure it's working for you. Check in with it. Enjoy the not only the physical touch. Remember, failure to thrive isn't just the physical touch. The physical touch is the plug-in for the visceral loop <clears throat> that deals with the emotions, the mental state, the self-locating. How do I locate myself in the universe? I know I'm here because Vin is my friend. Vin is my Little brother. That's how I know I'm in this world. I know I'm here because I know uh, Caitlin is, is handicapped. She's special ed and I have to take <laughs> care of her. No, see, see, I know that. I know that I have to you know, help her do things because she's in bad shape. So I feel connected to this world and this life, right? She sees it every day. So that's what it is. What if you lose all that? You fail to thrive you do not thrive so we live in a world where people are failing to thrive so when you fail to thrive you have the mental decline and the physical decline so you start seeing the chronic diseases we see now that are no longer chronic diseases They're just the way they are uh, obesity mass obesity pre-diabetes heart failure mental health issues That are so normalized, they have whole video channels dedicated to crazy stuff people do every day. And there's no remedy for it. It's become entertainment. There are a number of websites completely dedicated to the insanity going on in society. It's not even rare anymore. You can make a business now of chronicling insane behavior to the point where it's become degrees of insanity. It's normalized. Right? So that, as we said, that quiet pandemic, that loneliness, that is, hold on a second. One second. I'm going to mark this. Hold on. One of Caitlin's dates. Uh, just. It's Carlos. Oh, okay. I thought it was a homeless guy. Hey, come in. As long as you're not cutting down any trees. <laughs> right. Hey, what's up? Yeah, it's going on. Oh, it's great, great. Get back in here. I'm on a roll, goddammit. I'm on a roll. Shit. Okay. So this, let's hit it, hit it. I, I, I got a school vent. Shit. Go. So this quiet pandemic <clears throat> vent has been heading this way for a long time. And with the confluence of the Kofifi, the uh, social unrest, it's really building up. People are unable to connect to other people in mass. It used to be a few spendthrift people. It used to be a few uh, uh, shut-ins. It used to be a, 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 just a handful of spinsters like Kayla. It, now, now this is common. This is just common. People just aren't able to connect. Their whole clubs. My wife has uh, friends that ask her, "How do you get a man? How do you get a man? What, what what kind of question is that?" And these are not undateable people, if you know what I mean. You know what I mean by that. These are. Well, you know what I mean, so you'll explain that later. Take note, people. So very uh, superficially appealing people, but as soon as they open their mouth, they become repulsive. Why? Because they have failure to thrive. When you don't thrive, that means you do not have the ability, that human radar, to locate yourself in the universe in relationship to another person. So the way radar works, right? You send a pulse of sound out into the atmosphere. That pulse of sound hits a solid object and goes back to the radar receiver. And in the time it takes for that pulse to go back, you can tell how far the thing is away and the shape of the thing, how fast it's moving. So that radar basically has a kind of an empathy and compassion sonar works the same way. We send an echo through the water. it travels through the water, sir. We can tell if it's a fish or a submarine. We can tell on radar if it's an airplane, uh, how big it is, if it's a kite. So humans have a radar, but when you fail to thrive, you don't have the radar. So you sit with somebody you don't when to sh- you don't know when to shut your mouth. Men used to know, guys, you say they don't even know that anymore. Remember when, when we were dating, you know when you go out on a date you knew back then if a woman was gonna find you appealing or not, if the date was going to turn out the way you wanted it. For a man a date is simple. If I can get some business done on the first date that's worth a second date. Let's be honest. Women don't know that or they don't like that but guys are really simple and crude if you want to say that real, babe, we're not that complex. So I'm going to dress up, going to go on a date, and hopefully, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get some action. It'll work out. And if she's really cool she gives me the right hint uh, and it doesn't happen, I'm going to look forward to push a little harder until it happens, right? <clears throat> if it takes too long, it just ain't worth my time. But also women know when they meet a guy if they're attracted to him or not. And all they're waiting to do is for you to talk yourself out of a good day. So as guys, we learn to shut up. Don't discuss politics, kind of go along with stuff that she's interested in because you want the date to go smooth, right? That's just, we we don't want to get in a fight that guarantees no sex. We want to have a good interaction. I'm going to live, even if I don't like your cat, I'm not going to tell you that, not right now. And if I really like you, I'll learn to tolerate your cat or your kids, right? This is the way guys think. So if I'm lying, I'm flying. Tell me, Vin, you know, you used to date. So the reason you know that is because you have, you thrived. The woman knows that because she thrived. She's had experiences, interactions with other human beings that help develop her radar. Right? Help develop that feedback. What we call empathy, right? When you fail to thrive, you don't have that. So nowadays you have more and more people say, yeah, I can't connect to anybody. I'm just lonely. I can't connect. I don't know what's wrong. Every time I meet somebody, it just falls apart or never goes past, you know, the, the, the first hour of the first date. Right? I don't even get a call. What's going on? You know, I'm I'm, I'm 28. I'm 38. I'm 48. And it's just, it's just been, uh, I just feel like, again, I'm the omega person. There's nobody on earth for me. Well, the minute you start talking to people, you realize they have failure to thrive. They don't pick up on other people's cues. It's like the poor babies in, 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 in Nikolai Chalachesco's country that didn't know what to touch. They, did, they just sat there like blobs. So people become blob-like. All right, wow, wow. Or they get in relationships and they're surrounded by other non-thriving people and they start to engage them and normalize the non-thriving behavior, then they bring it home. That's why you're absolutely right when you really want to encourage your partner to um, support and nurture relationships of like-minded and like-coupled people, right? Winners like winners, losers like losers. I don't mean to say that in a mean political way. I'm just saying that don't go around a lot of miserable people if you're not miserable, or if you don't want to be miserable. Limit your time with miserable people because that's an entropy. That's a draining energy. It drains you. Again, we talked about some time ago, Vin, about relative comparison. You know, my wife was telling me the other night that uh, a few friends of hers were asking her, you know, why, you know, how come you don't go out with us a whole lot? She said, actually, I I like being home. I'm I'm enjoying that. They said, can't you just wait to just get out? They said, I like to go out sometimes. We like to go out sometimes. But, you know, he does his thing. I do mine. But 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 it's okay hanging out. We get along. We get along. It's great. not getting along. I want to get the hell out of the house right away. So all you have to do is work on getting along. Just work on getting along. Healthy boundaries. Nurture the joy also you don't have to be up under each other all the time but don't go around negative people don't go around people that are undateable or that they're uh, they, they have a lot of conflict in relationships they're not thriving so you become the driver on the special ed bus if you're hanging out with people that aren't thriving and I'm not saying that against anybody that's driving or on the special ed bus by the way I'm just saying that you want to be aware of your affiliations and associations because you be like attracts like in that sense. You follow what I mean? So don't take, I, I tell Caitlin all the North, don't take dating advice from women who can't get dates. Right? Don't politicize your dating. Dating is very primal. Partnering, coupling, orgies, whatever, it's very primal. Get with people who like you and support that narrative. But if you listen to these people, who fail to thrive, they're battered, they're lonely, they're miserable, and then they've intellectualized it. See, that's another problem. They're too smart for their own good. They justify what's going on in life while that clock is ticking. You understand? That clock is ticking. I know some fellas, sad to say, mid-50s, 50 and over, no partner on the horizon, No, no nobody on the horizon. Now they're going on dating sites. They're looking for foreign women to date who maybe are so desperate they'll just be with them. And I told one guy, I said, look, I know you're going to these dating sites, but America's not the number one country anymore. Refugees aren't knocking themselves over and diving in the water to get to America, so you can't pitch this wonderful American lifestyle to some woman on an island You know that you think is living in the bush picking bananas every day. And you think you're going to come over here and she's going to, imagine she's going to live like a queen with you and your middle class income. That doesn't happen anymore. People aren't falling for it. They got the internet. Everybody's got the internet now. So most people are happy with where they're at. So you have to have a compelling reason to get that person to want to go. Not even a compelling reason. Let me take that back. You know what you have to have? A personality. How about a personality? If you don't have a personality, then you can't really connect. You can't do your radar thing. You can't listen. And sad to say, the guys, they can't listen. So they're using these old refugee models of prompting and trying to tempt women from third world nations to be their bride. But they have nothing to offer. Now, I know some people have gone international dating and all these kind of stuff. And it's worked out fine because what? They had a personality. They were interested in the person's life, their culture, who they became, what they can give them, what they can offer, what they can take. It works out fine. But they they were thriving. They were able to learn. They were able to adapt. They were affectionate, not only physically but emotionally and intellectually affectionate. So that's thriving. So right now people are not thriving as we started this whole thing out. So that loneliness and when you talk to people you can see it, you can see they have this quiet pandemic, this silent, soul-killing pandemic. See, time is clicking. While people are alone and festering, and Twitter netting and on all these kinds of things, uh, ordering the, the dolls, all this other, time is ticking. Time is a relentless taskmaster. And you're wasting a lot of your time when you could be really enjoying life or thriving and I'm not saying everybody has to be, again, in some kind like, of conventional relationship defined by the church or something, but to have friends, to have lovers, to have di- the different frequencies of relationships that are available is human. To not have any of those are not human. I mean, say, oh, I love being alone. No, you love being alone because you're doing weird stuff and you don't want people to see you doing it. That, that's what they mean by that. You're doing something really creepy that you're not proud of, so you claim you like being alone. Let's be honest, it is the most basic human thing is to touch, to be listened to, to hear, to check in with. That creates the connectivity we need to thrive. You follow me, Vin? Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to absorb. because when we talk about failure to thrive, it's much bigger than just relationships. As you're saying, it's basic life skills, it's aspects of your personality. We're in a society where a few different things have happened. So number one, we have technology which has come in, which means that we don't have to leave the house, we don't have to actually pick up the phone and talk to people, we can text them all day. We don't have to meet, we can just look at pictures and swipe we basically create our own reality and our own little bubble. And that means that a lot of the basic social interaction that maybe we had back in the day, we don't have to do. Now we still need it to your point because we're still animals, we're still primal. But we can accommodate. So we've learned to live without the social interaction and that becomes a spiral.
0: The less of that we have, the more <laughs> as you put it, blob like we become, the less interesting we become, the fewer things we do. And that whole development of interests, of passions, of personalities, of being able to add something to the converse of human relationships disappears. And I think your point is spot on. If you're not self-possessed, if you're not confident about who you are, if you don't like who you are, how is anyone else gonna like you? How can you sell yourself to someone if you don't believe in the product yourself? Or if you don't have anything interesting That they were so miserable about their own lives. And it's just this hatred. It's this sense that the world is out to get them, that life is unfair. And it was interesting to hear. I read an article. There was some other article about incels, about how they thought that plastic surgery was their only hope. So <laughs> this was, I mean, it's funny, but it's sad at the same time. There was an example of someone who sought out this doctor. So he found this doctor on his incel forum, and he went out meet this guy and this guy was apparently the ultimate plastic surgeon and could construct your face to be perfectly symmetric and meet whatever the Aryan ideal of beauty is that he want to project because that's what the intel culture worships and so he went and he got this done he spent a lot of money he saved up for a long time and once he had this there was a period of time maybe three six months when he felt pretty good he started to connect with other people But then he went back into the recesses of his own mind and he started to look at himself and he said, you know what, I don't like what this guy did with my chin. You know what, my nose is a little bit off, it's not perfect. Let me go back for another operation. So he goes back and picks that up. And then the same thing happens. And another month or two later he's thinking, oh, I just need something else. So instead of developing some sense of self and developing some interests some ability to connect with other people is just this illusion that if I can fix things on the outside without dealing with the underlying problem, then I'm going to thrive. But as we talked about, we have to solve the underlying conditions. We can't just address the superficial appearances. I think about another friend that I had back in the day. you will appreciate this. This guy was going through a rough patch and I hadn't talked to him for a while. I called him up and I said, hey, man, how are you doing? He said, man, I'm not, I'm not doing great. I'm in bad shape. And I said, why? What's going on? He said, man, all I do all day now, I sit in my apartment, I watch porn, and I jerk out. And that was his entire existence. But that's also something that we can do now. If we want it. We don't need uh, the human interaction to survive. And we can sit online all day and fulfill whatever crazy sexual fantasy we have. But that just hollows us out, and it's unsustainable, and it it does all kinds of things to our mind, to our body. Uh, we're lurching from the state of excitement to. And, Habits and behaviors. What I'm getting no upset.
1: Here's the secret. I hope you're ready. You're going to write this down. Here's the secret. Yeah, man, I'm ready. I've been
0: waiting. I've listened to you talk for 45 minutes just to hear this stuff. I'm all set.
1: Realize this. You're not that interesting and grow a personality. Grow a personality. Grow a persona. Learn to listen. Learn to close your mouth. Keep your words simple and clear and rise to the occasion of the occasion you'd like to be in. So if you want a beautiful, loving partner, be beautiful and loving yourself first. Work on that. (laughs) You didn't know that, right? That's crazy. Kayla's like, wow, is that it? (laughs) And... Also, you deserve half of what you think you deserve. So your expectations of another should match what you have right now and what you are. Don't ask for a lover who has a beautiful body and you don't work out. Don't ask for a person who is career-driven like yourself and then want them to spend time with you. You see the absurdity of that? Don't bind yourself to the ego in such a way that that there's no possible way you can find anyone to connect with. And so train. Remember, you have failure to thrive. So you have to train yourself to thrive, just like the poor babies under Nikolai Chaljesko. They needed nurses 24 hours a day to massage them, to giggle at them, to whisper in their ear, to play with them, to look in their face, and they slowly rejoined humanity. This is the state of most people. They have had failure to thrive for so long and it's been, again, normalized. So ratchet down your opinion of yourself about 50% so that you're not narcissistic egocentric and ego-biased you're not deserving of everything that you wish for why are you not deserving? you didn't work on anything you didn't work on did you work on yourself Actually, did you really work on yourself you know you say oh I want a partner that has you know a, a, the, the appearances of a model I want a, I want a model it takes hours a day to prep yourself scrub your skin wax and to be a model, are you doing that? If you're not doing that, why would you deserve somebody like that? This is absurd, that's failure to thrive. Failure to thrive is you're not intelligent anymore. You may be smart, but you're not intelligent. Oh, when you tell yourself, I just can't meet anybody. Become interesting enough for people to want to meet you. There's eight billion people on earth. There's a chance that at least a hundred million people would want to be with you, just based on the numbers. You mean there's a hundred million people on earth and none of them want to be with you, that's because you failed to thrive. And for many people, don't talk about your job. Jobs aren't interesting. They're just not, they're interesting to you. You're not saving humanity or, 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 or cleaning the whales or whatever. I hear people talking about their jobs, their career, their career. What is a career if you're lonely? You have nobody to share your house with. You can talk about it a little bit. Oh yeah. By the way, I'm a, you know, I'm a neurosurgeon. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. But tell me about uh, that kind of ice cream you like. Tell me about what makes you laugh. Do you like comedy? Oh, you don't like comedy. Okay, so you're an evil person. Okay. So what do you like? You want to go to the demolition derby? Watch some car wrecks? What do you want to do? So, learn to have. Cultivate that radar, and that's when you're thriving, when your radar is working again. And you get a sense of people, but also you get a sense of yourself. Because part of failure to thrive, not only do you get other people, but you have nothing to get in you. So, again, grow a personality. If you're in a relationship with somebody, let them know you love them. Just on a regular basis, stop. Stop. And fucking stop. And let the person know, I'm really glad to be with you. I'm attracted to you. I dig you. I like you. Um, Let's spend more time together. Even though it's a given that we're like stuck together for the rest of our miserable lives, let's make it less miserable. Let's do things. Let me do something you like. And then I'll do something. Then you do something I like. And then we'll do something we like. That's all it takes. But in order to do that, you have to thrive. You have to have a sense of others. You need to feel where you are in their vibrational realm. And have the mindfulness to not only speak to them, but listen to what they're saying. People have lost communication skills, so oftentimes people be awkward. Don't judge people on an awkward moment. Look, poor Caitlin. She's Oh, 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 she's handicapped, okay, I am. in certain ways. So we, the guy's got to give her a break. Look, she hasn't really worked on herself. So she looked rough around the edges, but but she's trainable. She's malleable because she's also working on herself to be a more enlightened person. Is that right? Okay, you're working on being more enlightened. She just straightened her posture up. You know what I mean? The other day she came in, she'd actually brushed her hair. It's like, wow, I care about myself. So what that tells people is you care about yourself, right? So even Caitlin, even Caitlin can improve. You See what I'm saying? So she's getting more and more to the point where she can, in the next months or years, she'll partner with someone or someones or a group of people. Who knows? These kids now. I'm
0: not that uh, far out.
1: No, you're not. You're just uh, two or three years away. That's
0: not even that long.
1: She's very optimistic. See, that's a plus. I'm really optimistic <laughs> about herself. So. I know I just don't
0: think you understand like really the climate out there right now. I know now. it's
1: bad. You can tell me, but I know it's bad. Yeah. But I tell I'm just, me how bad it is.
0: I mean, the bar for women is like really low. Like for me to just go on this app right now, like, you know, and just be like, Hey, like, that's all I have to do and then I'll get like let's go out, let's go out. So, all I have to do is just apply a little bit of
1: so why aren't you c- connecting anybody?
0: I'm going. to. What,
1: what, oh, so you just got a swipergram? Yes. Yeah, so she just did the swipogram and some guy. I don't know, you know, what if it's a real guy or she being catfish, or <laughs> if it's a cartoon character. Um. So nowadays, that so she's gonna have to. Well, wait.
0: that's the next navigation, right? But you know, but you guys
1: so- don't call each other and talk. You don't get to hear his voice or meet him at it. Just in case he's like not cool, you can just blitz the other way. No, you could do- totally do that. But in real life, you've got to do that, not in on the phone. Yeah,
0: no, but it starts with, like, you know. So he's going
1: to meet you somewhere, and then if he's not cool, you can just take off.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay, that's cool. I didn't know how that works. See, back in my day, you actually to add a personality. What I did, I learned four or five foreign languages, traveled to those countries, got to know the culture, mastered certain arts, crafts, and skills in their culture, and made myself the hottest guy they'd ever met, and then I could date them. Uh, because that was just back in the day we had to work. Nowadays, it's just swiper So, But anyway, the trick is, Van, is people have to grow a personality. And in order to grow one, you have to know you don't have one. You're not that interesting. And I'm saying about your career, those things are have a relative importance. They show different things about a person that you can work hard, you can do that. But they don't define the whole person because a person could be very single-dimensional they can have a thriving career but not a thriving personal life and they can be heartless soulless empty or you could be really artsy fartsy and loving and bubbling but no real focus or discipline to maintain that Established. so there's a there there are different things you have to look at as you pull people right into that right vector of interaction but the first thing is to know yourself have the personality your radar calibrated so you get a sense of others around you it's not just about you 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 Um, because that ends up you, you, you alone, you, you, you by yourself. There's no room for others. There's no room to connect. And people have stories, um, albeit not that interesting, but sometimes to get a better grasp on them, when they're sharing you their story, what they're sharing with you is what they want to, what you to know about them. They're trying to, uh, sell themselves. They're trying to win your favor. Know that when you go into, oh, they want to win my favor, so they're telling me, sharing this part of me. Based on what they think about you, some people will tell you the brokenhearted, lonely traveler story. Other people will tell you different story. I always had ten different stories for women based on, you know, whatever, you know, I picked up on them, and I would, yeah, I would try. To use. So then I had to build my personality. So I'd be an interesting person. So I would never be. I'm not the kind of guy that's going to end up on the cover of GQ magazine. If anything, I'll end up on the cover either. Um, popular mechanics or um, national geographics. I, I would be on the cover <laughs> of that. Now then he could be on the cover of G Q or Mademoiselle or something like that or Playgirl. But I'm not that guy. I don't have that look, but I have the energy that, that women find me hot and attractive because I'm an interesting person. Plus I can deliver. You understand what I'm saying? You understand what I'm
0: saying? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I don't know so why
1: you're just the secret about is that. develop a personality. You got me, Vin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty simple advice. I think it touches on something we've talked about in the past, which is entitlement. And that's another part. Actually, I was going to mention this when I was talking about the conditions that have led to this massive decline and the failure of loss that we're discussing. But the sense of entitlement that just by virtue of my existence, I should be with someone, someone should take care of me, they should put up with all the crazy anomalies about me, the quirks of my personality,
0: my shortcoming positions to board me. Uh, why? Who the hell knows? But that's what I'm entitled to. That's what I've been told. Or maybe it's a little more sophisticated than that. And it's, well, I come like from a good family, and I went to the right school, and I got a good job. So because of that, I'm entitled to a person with these types of characteristics, a loving relationship. And we talked about this with regard to that Indian matchmaking ship. Where do you got these people who, I love the way you put things sometimes. I think he said that this one character had nothing to offer to humanity whatsoever. Yet she had a list of 50
1: that are having a deeper connection. I mean, I, I don't want to sound too corny about this, but I do think our attention span is, has gone down quite a bit. So where does that motivation come from? I guess any tips <clears> on <throat> how we can do a self-assessment to say here is realistically where I am, here's where I want to be, and now I can develop a plan for getting there? Suffering is a great motivator. You know, if you're walking on, a, on hot rocks, you're really motivated to run. If you're really hungry, you're really motivated to get some food. If you're suffering from the heat, you're really motivated to get there where it's cool. So I tell people, do a, self, uh, do a little bit of self-examination, right? Just like the doctor suggests you do certain self-examinations to make sure your health is, is in a reasonable place. Ask yourself about the friendships and relationships you have have in your life. Are they fulfilling? Do you find contentment? Do you find yourself able to smile and feel inspired by life on a regular basis? Or are you mostly miserable, borderline, suicidal, or simply indifferent to life? That's when you know you're not thriving. You're either indifferent to life, you're suicidal and there or there is just a zombie, a zombie phenomena in you. You're just going from day to day, waiting for time to run out. That's when you know you're not thriving. You know you're thriving when you are like Fred Flintstone at the end of the day and the bell rings and you can't wait to get out of work and go be with friends and family or buddies girlfriends, boyfriends, whatever you're doing, that's when you're thriving. When you feel your creative energy surging and flourishing because you feel inspired on a regular basis, that you get up in the morning looking forward to the day. Those are when you know you are thriving. So give yourself the thriving, non-thriving test. If you're not thriving, there are things you can do. Start to work on your own temperament and personality. And like, again, you pointed out the example of that contemporary show where so many people have found it normal for a person to be miserable and and unpartnerable. People relate to that. That tells you the era we're in, that enough people relating to non-thriving that they're willing to chime in and say, hey, I'm like that too. Where other people who maybe aren't saying anything are looking at that like it's a disaster, a train work a train wreck with high casualties. It's like you're on a boat watching the Titanic sink from a distance. It's like, good God, I'm glad that's not my life. You can hear it and see it in the person's face, see the deadness in the person's face. The lack of life and ardor and warmth. The joylessness. Remember that scene where she didn't even like comedy? She hated laughing. Oh, my God, and you, and you want to bond with that? You hate laughing? You hate laughing? Babies laugh? My God, you hate laughing? This is, this is failure to thrive. So when we see older children and adolescents who have a flat affect to their face and they don't laugh, they have no emotional uh, affect, we call that mental illness. We call that mental illness, and now people are praising it. This is shows you the times we live in. That's why us opt-outs, the people who follow the DPO, we're looking to be healthy. We're looking to thrive. So we work on our personalities. We always go into situations with grace, reverence, devotion, gratitude, and sincerity. We sit down with the people in our lives, all the different folks in our lives, um, and I'm just really glad they're here. I said that this morning in the Tai Chi class. Right? I just looked at the people, all the people I know and the people that work with me. Um, I had one of my mentors in today, Kumasi, that I can reflect upon uh, a beautiful 50-year relationship. Um, we got poor Caitlin here. It's just, just great. It just, you know, you feel very useful helping her. I mean, I literally feel like Jerry Lewis sometime dealing with her. And <laughs> it, just, it, it lifts my spirits. I just feel like, hey, you know, I'm doing something every day, and it gives me a pep in my step. You know, sometimes I'm tired, exhausted, I don't get to sleep because the kids kicking me in the head and that kind of thing. But you know, I come, I, kind of, I just feel great. End of the day, I'm talking to Vin on the phone. People, a lot of people don't have our life, man. They don't have that. And I talk to them every day. They're, they're miserable. Uh, I, I tell my wife I, I begged her get out of the women's group just just get out of that it was frightening it was like watching a creep show right uh, how do you stay lonely and miserable how do you keep nurturing that um, that poison plant right well you don't have a person you have nothing to offer you have nothing to offer humanity create something and you will find that you will draw beautiful souls into your life when you are a beautiful soul so you don't have to go outside. You just work on your own soul. And you'll be surrounded by wonderful souls because that creates the central force that draws that in and nurtures it. If you wanted people to give to you, be giving, right? It, it, you know, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a, a a great lover of women, right? I was a young kid and I had aunts and aunts. And, and my mother ran a clothing business. and. She had all these women around. And I was a young kid. I used to have to listen to these women complaining about men who were lousy lovers, right? I'd be sitting down. And I'd catch them. I'd be reading my comic book or whatever, and they didn't know I was listening. But they would be complaining about these miserable men, right? Really horrible lovers. And what I found is that the men didn't listen to the women. They were so focused on their own ego. And then the women supported their egocentrism which created a double-edged sword working against them because they are promoting these guys. Tell them how wonderful you You got a great car. You got this. You're really successful. And the guy feels really good about himself. And tell him, saying, hey, your car doesn't give me an orgasm. right? Your job doesn't tickle me where I need to be tickled. Okay. So how about having that conversation? So I would hear this. So I started reading books on female body, female behavior, so I became a fantastic lover. You see what I'm saying? A world-renowned comforter of women. Okay? <laughs> because I studied this with no ego. I knew that I needed to learn these things, just like I learned to be a great fighter. I went to the greatest teachers in the world. I apprenticed under them, did what they told me, and I became a good martial artist. I did the same thing with yoga. I went all over the world. I studied with great gurus. I listened. I was humble. I didn't even try to imprint myself. They taught me stuff. And I became good at that. I studied medicine from great masters. So, too, I studied the art of love. You see what I'm saying? And now I'm world-renowned in all areas of life. But, again, I'm not a pretty boy like Vin. Everybody knows me. I'm pretty (laughs) rough-looking. You know? Yes. I'm a rough-looking dude. But something about me is just hot. Women feel that. They feel my virility... And the love in my heart. You see, you understand, man? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I understand. <laughs> Let me, I'm uh, just trying to get the laughter
0: out control. <laughs> <laughs> and for the audience, keep in mind, everything he's discussing is after he's already applied the 50% discount to himself. So he has to go through that. And imagine what he sounded like beforehand. <laughs> things up over here. And I'll just point out that this whole pandemic, the hidden pandemic we're talking about, the failure to thrive, it's very basic. It's a failure to be an interesting person, to develop a personality, to go out into the world and actually have physical interaction with other people instead of living in this virtual bubble that a lot of us have created. And like anything else, if you point it out, it takes time and effort. If you want to be good at something, whatever that is, put in the time, put in the effort, become more interesting, become more engaging, more interactive, learn how to read people, and you can find relationships. And it's so fundamental to us. I mean, I think it's a tragedy when people go through life feeling like they're utterly alone and you are not connected to anyone else because you feel totally irrelevant. It's like you could be alive, you could be dead. None of it would matter. I think what you said is absolutely right we matter, our existence matters to the extent that we influence other people. If you think about all the great spiritual texts, they talk about how we are a microcosm of something much bigger. We are an indivisible part of that whole. We need to expand our sense of self. Whatever religion you look at, it talks about moving from the individual to the collective and embracing a larger consciousness. And so much of that is in the relationships, in the joys of Sharing experiences, sharing ideas, uh, just going through life together, supporting each other, nurturing each other, it's a very fundamental thing. We've talked about it in somewhat of a light way today at at times, but I think it does require, or does, it's serious enough where we should reflect on it. And if we don't feel like we've got those relationships, we're not excited about the people who are in our lives, they're not adding to us, and we're not feeling... It booze to come home at night or to get up in the morning, then it's time to do some
1: reflection, figure out ways to, to become more interesting, more engaging, get out there and develop those connections. You're absolutely right, Vin. And I I want to kind of leave with this note. Um, I was always taught by my mentors to really understand language and words and how you frame them, how you create your yantra, your mantra, and your tantra. Remember the word pers personality and persona literally means personal sun, your personal light, your individual radiance. So if you don't have that then you can't attract things to you. The sun binds us and gives us life and binds us to our known reality. So to a personality, a personal sun beaming from an individual, because they've worked on themselves, because they've been through trials. They have had wins and loses in life. They've had good and bad stories. They've cried a lot. They've smiled a lot. And each of those things add light to your son, your personal son. So when you meet a friend or another human being That They feel your radiance. They feel the emanation from you. I have, without telling a word, you can say I have a story, and people feel it. You ever met someone said, well, they have a really interesting personality. Uh, You're working with our our dear friend Macy, you know, and I've been knowing him since we were kids. And I don't know everything about him, but what I know about him is whenever he's, whenever he's up or down, he has a light about him. Right Up or down, he has a personality. He has a persona. And then when you hear a story, you get what triggered or ignited that reactor in his soul. He's gone through highs and lows. He can still make you laugh, even being haunted by the worst of things. As you got into your speaking and sharing yourself, your personality lit up like a sunlight, like a star and you, your humor, and your rage, and your passions all defined you and made you a sun, a beacon. You had gravity around you. So I would say to everybody, as we've had some humorous moments here, develop your personality. Develop your personal sun. And that radiance of that sun will draw to you, like gravity draws us to our sun, and creates the phenomenon of life that we know. You'll create your own universe with a planet of other like bodies hovering around you. We have it right here. We have great folks. We have created satellites, universe, um, and each person is working on their personal son, their persona, their personality.
0: Do you guys want to close out with that?
1: Vin? Then always yeah. close. Then always close. No,
0: I think that's good, dude. I like that, I, I did a pseudo-close right before you finished up. But I think we can end over there. No,
1: you always close. Keep the tradition. Everybody likes the tradition. Close. Don't change. Wrap up the show.
0: into our universe I don't think we need thousands of people in our lives to to be fulfilled but find those few deep and meaningful
1: relationships and I think it leads to the interaction that we have right now uh, just the 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 joy that I have speaking with you always a pleasure alright that's it see you next week That's good. That's a wrap, Ben.
0: And you will see us next week.